0: Welcome to episode 81 of In Orbit, MASH Shows Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and to you, Destiny community. Wherever you are and however you're listening to us, we want to thank you for making us a part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. And my name is Jordan. And before we begin the show, we want to make sure that you check out all the other amazing podcasts available here on the MASH Shows Buttons network at www.mashshowsbuttons.com. Get involved with the show by sending us your questions to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at inorbitpodcast. On today's show, not a lot of news, so let's go ahead and just talk about the TWAB a little bit and our feelings on Destiny. We know that Destiny is a couple of weeks away, and while there wasn't too much to really talk about in the TWAB, it's important to go over a little bit since it does affect some players really, really soon. Just to reiterate, the Destiny 2 beta for PC is going to be available August 28th for the Early Access people. Open beta is August 29th, and the beta ends August 31st. With regards to the actual TWAP, Gamescom will be happening in Colne August 22nd through 26th, and Bungie will be at the event. Per Bungie, they will be releasing new news. PAX West will be from September 1st through the 4th, and Bungie will make an appearance. Per the TWAB, no new information will be released at this time, because by that time, the game will be available within two days from the end of PAX West. Preloads for Destiny 2 will be live next week, and on PlayStation, they will get the preload, this is for the digital preloaders, August 31st. And there is confirmation that there's going to be a Day one patch that does need to be downloaded. So make sure that you guys have everything set up for that download that's going to be happening on day one. The Bungie app is going to be updated August 23rd, which means that at that time, everything's switching over to Destiny 2. So if you're going to be using any tools to be transferring over your weapons and equipment or whatever, you're going to have to be relying on items such as DIM or Ishtar Commander, or any others that may be accepting Destiny 1 at that time. Remember, this is all dependent on those third-party people. If they choose to no longer support Destiny 1, you're kind of out of luck and you're going to have to rely on another tool. Or just do it in-game like we used to. Exactly. Clan migration will be happening very soon, so if over 50% of your group has the clan tag on their character, it'll automatically be updated to a Destiny 2 clan. Otherwise, it needs to be manually set by the founder. Now, for our group, since pretty much everybody in the group has a clan tag, it's not going to be an issue. We just go in, day one, Destiny, boom, dice breakers. We're good to go. But let's say you have a larger group like the IGN group, which has, I think, last time I checked, 10,000 people. Most likely, I'm I'm off by a lot. But that's way more than 50%. That no longer or don't have that clan tag, that means the founder is gonna have to go in and actually set it to be the clan for Destiny 2. If you're in one of those large clans, you're gonna have to either migrate to a new clan or you're gonna have to make sure that the individual is setting their group to be a Destiny 2 clan. And that's pretty much it with regards to the TWAB. Basically, they were emphasizing the PC beta and that there's going to be some cool stuff happening really, really soon. I think it's safe to say that we're all really excited because Destiny 2 is just around the corner. and Dude, So close. So close. And I, I mean, I've been kind of biding my time either working out, doing yoga or um, playing stuff like Sonic Mania. I know um, you've been playing PUBG
3: and what else have you been playing i'm playing PUBG recently but before that i was playing Fortnite, which is uh I, again it's a really really fun game uh early access so not everyone can play it but a lot of people have it because it's just something you can pay for for founders uh i guess beta alpha access whatever you want to call it um mm-hmm. yeah So I, uh but I was just in Germany for a couple of weeks, so I was actually playing Destiny via the Destiny uh RPG or uh whatever you want to call it. I don't know if that's what it's called, but it's a phone app. And it's sort of addicting. It's called RPG for Destiny.
0: In fact, not to uh interrupt you, but talk about that a little bit because I know that we didn't talk about this that on the show. Um what is Destiny the RPG?
3: All right, so if you have a phone a smartphone like a iphone or a uh, android phone you can download it from your local app store and like i said it's called rpg or destiny or something to that effect and it's literally that it's a phone app game that is an rpg uh based uh fighting games or whatever you want to call it i i don't know the proper term for it uh when i'm not you know, holding a controller but um it's set up just like destiny uh you have a tower which you can go to and the tower has vendors uh on the weekend it has Zer. yeah they call it agent of the nine it's funny because in the game you'll see all these quirky little differences in the names that will hint at destiny but won't be exact because certain things are trademarked and they can't infringe upon those trademarks that bungie has so there isn't any Zer. it's agent of the nine because you can use all that, but you can't use the word Zerg because there's trademarked for their t-shirts and branding. So there's some differences, but for the most part, it feels pretty much like Destiny just on your phone. But, um, you know, it's, it's a simple game. It's fun. Um, it's sort of a grind, but that's what Destiny is. And uh, I don't know. It's a good time killer for sure. Uh, I don't expect a lot of people to flock to it, but, you know, when I'm sitting uh, doing something, waiting for something to download at work, uh, I'll pick up the phone and I'll, uh, you know, run through some areas. Uh, you got different planets and different zones you can explore, and by explore, you're basically going to them, looking at the list of enemies, and choosing which enemy you want to battle, and then you choose attack with your primary, your special, or your heavy. You can get a, 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 uh you don't get grenades or melee, but you do get a super. So I'm I'm an Awoken Warlock using a Nova Bomb as a Void Walker. Um. It's pretty cool. I don't know. I'd I'd urge anyone that is uh, into filling with their phone and playing games on it that likes Destiny to give it a try and check it out.
0: Yeah. So th- as he mentioned, it, it it on the iOS App Store, it shows up as RPG for Destiny. It's from the Trident Group. As he mentioned, it's a lightweight text RPG. Um. So basically, when you download it, it pretty much has everything. Now, you were t- before the show even started recording, you were mentioning how this needs to be online at all times. Is that correct?
3: No, it, it'll use data. Uh, I I was being a little unclear, but yeah, I was over in Germany. I was using it as a time killer, you know, when I had, you know, downtime. I was staying with friends that had small kids. So <laughs> There was times when the kid was napping and the parents were upstairs and my wife and I, you know, they have a pretty decent side house but we would just be bored you know waiting for dinner or something like that and we'd just be killing time and you know she'd be reading a book and i forgot to bring my book so it was perfect there but uh yeah you just got to it you have to have either you have to either use your data or be on wi-fi so you don't have to be on Mm -hmm. wi-fi just i don't like to use my data fiddling around on phone games so you know you do what you want (laughs) yeah i mean i'm looking at the
0: images on the app store. For example, instead of saying Suros uh regime,
3: is this is hard Nuraka. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple that are just made up, I think, or that are totally just out of the blue, like pulled from the crevices of the grimoire. But um yeah, most of it you'll 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 find familiar. Um it's sort of neat because if you get your imagination going here, like I'm actually in the game right now so I can uh so I can reference it. I'm um I can go to Phobos, for instance, and you know, each I guess we'll call it planet or locate main location has sort of sub-locations, and then there's like specific little areas you can go to within each sub-location. Um I'm not using terms from the game, I'm just making those up just to try to explain how it looks and how it's laid out. You know, you choose a specific location, which would be like, you know, when you're on patrol, you go to an area and it has a little name within that patrol region. Um, And there's a list of enemies there. So I'm on Phobos and I'm I'm patrolling the cliffside now. I see Scions, I see Siege Dancers, Blind Legion, Legionaries, Phalanx, um, the Scion Flares. It's funny because there's actually some... uh, strike bosses there's some raid bosses as well Golgoth is a roaming character so sometimes you'll go to some place uh you know uh, like uh maybe the Dreadnought I think uh the Dreadnought's one of the areas you can go to if you go to Dreadnought one of the areas there's a bunch of Golgaroths there so you'll see like three Golgaroths, and you'll just be like oh okay that's not a boss <laughs> they uh change things up a little bit like that so they actually can use the word Golgoroth, but he's not a boss in this he's just like a heavily shielded enemy uh you got the scion flares so you know you can see multiple scion flares hanging around so they're not they're not necessarily related to their characters from destiny but they're there it's pretty cool I like it it's like again it's a it's a time killer it's not something I invest in but you know it's it's neat it's just something that keeps your brain turning in the destiny verse yeah, um, I think it's a cool little thing.
0: Um, anything, I know it's on the app itself, it says not endorsed by Bungie or Activision or anything. So, But it, you can definitely tell it's a labor of love, um, an homage to the game, a different take on the game. This is kind of the second um, thing that we've seen of this. Uh, I know that somebody, this was a long time ago, created a 2D version of the um, devil's Layer strike that you fight at the end a, uh, a giant Sephex Prime. So, I, I mean, it's interesting to see labors of love like this because we know how heavily invested the, the community is in Destiny 1, or how they have been, I should say. And I'm interested to see how the, the community reacts with Destiny 2. We know that there's going to be a lot of changes and a lot of things happening. and It's amazing to think, many years ago, before this game even released, around this time, the pre-release reviews were not great. I mean, it averaged, what, about a 7.5? It was Um, 7-ish, is what I remember. Around 7-ish, and I know a lot of them were not kind to the type of game it was. And it's hard to grade games now, because they're living services. Um, They evolve over time. The game that we have right now is leagues different than what it was from when this game first launched. Um, it's, It's going to be an interesting thing to see how Destiny 2 evolves over time because we know not everybody's going to love everything at launch and the things that people don't like or may like or whatever may change by the time we're at this point where we're at with Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 like let's oh, say yeah, year yeah. seven or i mean that's actually something else i wanted to bring up how do we proceed with this? year seven what the hell i mean think think about it. we're we're coming up to year the start of year four it is destiny two but it's technically year four of that de- of this destiny experience mm-hmm. think about it. another three years two to three years from now year six year seven like that's how that's how do you strange. think we're gonna look back on destiny two I mean, it's it's hard to make that that kind of assumption right now, but.
3: I don't know. It's just crazy to think that, you know, we started this journey that long ago and we're just now starting the gear up for the, the next, the, the true next step, the next evolution in the destiny experience. And it's like, wow. I mean, we're looking at, we really are looking at years. That's it's just crazy for me because I grew up in a generation. I started playing games in a generation that blew on cartridges, and mm-hmm. as, you know, we I, we still played Atari at the time. You know, while we while we were fiddling with the NES, it's like this is just to me. It's my It's just it's still mind blowing because I can still sort of bring myself back to that mindset of blowing on controllers, uh, blowing on the cartridges, and like playing these games that. You know, you you, you you don't have a whole lot of dimensions to them. Yeah. It's like this is crazy. Yeah, and I can go back and,
0: and remember me blowing on never mind. Um <laughs> let's not go there. That's I'm joking. <laughs> kind of. Anyway, um no, I, I I I'm in full agreement with you. Like I'm you and me kind of the same generation. I I never grew up with Atari, I was Nintendo through and through. Nintendo the NES system, Game Boy, Super Nintendo, um all the way to where I am now with PlayStation 4, Xbox 1 and it's amazing to see how these games evolve. I mean, when you got the game back then, whatever you got, that was it. That's the final version. I mean, there might be a version 2 um that might have changed some things. For example, uh Legend's of, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, people don't a lot of people don't know this the one that was sold at launch changed um, because of a um, a Muslim chant, or I'm sorry, Islamic chant for the fire temple that was used. Um, and they deemed that that, that they had to remove it. So if you got a version later on, like that version of the fire temple song is not in the game at all. So It's weird. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, definitely check that, check that out. Um, it's an interesting little tidbit. Um, because, again, we come from the generation where the game that was at launch, that's what you got. That's what you played. And now this is here and this is completely different. So it's it's, it's an interesting experience. Um, Destiny 1, what we got wasn't what remained. Like, it changed. Um, enemies were added. Enemies were removed. Loot caves were added. Loot caves were removed. Um, just... It, it, it's really, really interesting um, to see. And I kind of want more variation in the future. What I mean by that is, I want to see it being a living world. Uh, I think that was a big flaw of Destiny 1, where there wasn't enough change to the world. And it did, And when it happened, it's not really a change as much as you're going to a an alternate version of it. And what I mean by that is the Cosmodrome Patrol. Like... Yeah, you can go to the Winter Cosmodrome Patrol, the one from Rise of Iron, mm. but you you can't really. It's not a change because you can always go back to the regular patrol. So I, I, at the same time, like I I get it's the same exact place, but at the same time, it's not. And I want to see there being consequences of your actions, good or bad. Um, I want to see, for example, it when we take down. One of the cool things I I think that would have been really, really interesting to see is as you progress through the missions, it affects your world. Um, Let's say when you complete the Vault of Glass, like the door is open and there might be other secrets that you can go back into the vault to unlock. Like the area where they have the the new chest, that the extra chest. Right. Like you could go over there and maybe theres an, a secret enemy, a secret target or whatever. There's
3: things that pop up. Yeah. That would be that well, it sort of sounds like they're moving in that direction. The, the the hints and whatnot that they're giving for Destiny Two, some of the little articles we've gotten to read from the uh from the people that are have been at Bungie and talked to them and I've actually played a lot of the or all of I, I think now at this point we actually have people that have played all of the missions in their current state. So mm-hmm. um it sounds like they're going in that direction. I'm trying to remain realistic with my expectations, but I am being optimistic. Yeah, I mean one thing to
0: really um that's a good segue to the next topic that I want to bring up um about Destiny two's missions. Um we kind of got confirmate we we spoke on it a, a bit yet last week um where people were theorizing how many missions we're gonna do and and i know i spoke with it uh on this topic with david but i kind of want to bring it up to you to, to get your thoughts okay that as the game is right now i think there's just over 80 missions in the game i'm talking about destiny 1 from vanilla all the way through Rise of Iron. and In Destiny 2, there's going to be 80 missions and PvE activities um, that are substantial in length. And people were theorizing it's going to take about 55 hours to complete that on one character. What are your thoughts on that?
3: That's music to my ears, man. I'm ecstatic for that because I, I, I want... Content that community wants content, we know that that's not a secret. That's not that's that's the voice of us all. We we want great content. And if if we're if we're if we're gonna be 80 missions, 80 missions times three, that's I mean, part of me worries because I have two accounts I was gonna play on for ooh. PlayStation. Ooh. I I don't necessarily have to do three characters on each, but I'll probably do three on at least one of them. So I'm just thinking to myself, "Oh, wow! So how am I going to do this? <laughs> do I want to do I want to blast through on one character and then start another one, or that I haven't even gotten that far?" So you can hear me stumbling over my words and thoughts here, mm-hmm. but. I mean, that's besides the point. I'm excited. 80 missions, 50 hours. If that is true, then I'm going to be a happy, happy gamer because <laughs> I love me some Destiny. It looks like it's fantastic, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be loving doing 80 missions. Now, this isn't confirmed, but I'm just, you know, speculating if it is true. From what we hear, I think if it's not 80, it sounds like it's going to be a lot. 80 sound 80s a lot. I mean, compared to what we had, I didn't think about checking the original mission count from vanilla. But it's not. What is it? Maybe like 20. Um, you remember off the top of your head? I honestly don't. Um, so
0: four planets. Um, and yeah, I know moon's not a planet. Um, I want to say each location had seven missions.
2: I know the
3: Earth, uh, Moon, um, Venus, Mars. Seven strikes at launch, right? But according to these articles, if they're correct, we're not getting the uh we're not going to get access to strikes and patrol until the end right which is actually fine with me
0: um because it see that that was the one weird thing about destiny 1 um the missions the strikes themselves can't really um they don't they don't feel like they're they're part of the story which has always been a problem and they didn't start feeling like they were part of the story until uh dark below because it they they were directly tied in um at that at that point and and then you went to uh the um the house the house of wolves yeah and that strike uh t- like you could say it was connected to the story but at the same time it was like a side story it wasn't so the only one that, that was connected in
2: Destiny 1 none of them
0: uh, and I'm talking about Vanilla yeah Vanilla yeah, they things, were pretty disjointed I mean and eventually they were moved around for example um, the Trying to think. The, the 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 one with the Archon Priest on Venus, if I'm not mistaken, was added to the missions for House of Wolves. Because when they did uh Taken King, they reorganized everything. For example, Sword of Crota was an original mission in Vanilla Destiny, but when Taken King came in, they took that from Vanilla Destiny and added it to the um Dark Below
3: mission set
0: really so they moved everything around play back like that. I
3: didn't realize they did that.
0: Yeah. That, uh, that was one thing I, I did do. Um, when they, they moved everything around, I, I deleted a character, or actually, I, I think I created another character on another account, like a dummy account and they moved everything around. So if, and I also did that on, on Xbox, um, where sort of Crota doesn't show up until you speak to Eris. She tells you about, Oh, coming and blah 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 so they added um sort of croda as the first mission to start off the Eris line, which makes sense, and then they added several things along the way, but hmm. it wasn't until um what is it the, the 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 dark below strike that these strikes actually became part of of the story and taking King. They kind of were, and they kind of weren't at the same time. Um, for example, the the ala cool dark blade was a like it, it was a post story. Like you killed oryx in the current world, you go in and you you have to stop the princes. Like the, the the last thing you want to do is enable somebody to to take back the throne. Right, you go and you kill the prince, and that was that. Then there was the you had to clean up the mess with the cabal so that they don't blow up the dreadnought, which would kill everybody in the in the galaxy. So those two thing, those two missions made sense. The fallen saber was, even though was I I personally like the strike, never really fit in with the story. It was just a side mission.
3: Yeah, yeah. And one thing I I want to see more is anyway. (laughs) What's up? I never liked that strike anyway. it sort of felt disjointed story-wise and I, I don't like the way it's laid out personally, but that's not related to the conversation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the one thing I
0: want to see is that these, these story, these strikes are actual story missions or involve with the story right. or kind of extend the story. Um, because it, it, the rise of iron one is actually really excellent. You you do several missions, I think two missions, beforehand, that kind of tell you the story of what you're going to be facing in the strike. Right. Yeah, Remember, I'm you have to get those pieces. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then like it, it, like you have to free the thrall that are kept in the in, like the the truck beds or whatever. Oh yeah. And then like he finally tells you, okay, like we got to go put a stop to him, and then you go and actually go into the missile silo. And put a stop to... to I forget his name. But it's still my favorite okay. strike in the game. What's up? I think it's Kovix, right? Yeah, Kovic. Thank you very much. But yeah, like I, I, that was the one time where it felt like a continuation of a story. And I want to see more of that. Right.
3: And um, I think if we have... If, using that as an indication, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's what we're going to be getting. We're going to be seeing missions, the uh, single-player story missions that sort of towards the end start to go into the the strikes and i i i i really hope we see a nice smooth progression into all the strikes once we get to that point into the patrol areas you know uh i, I expect sort of like a nice fluid feel to the story now because they're they're really selling the story for destiny 2 hard mm. so i do it, I say I overall have reasonable expectations for Destiny 2. I'm gonna keep my head level and try not to get too crazy. You know, I, I, I have my I have my theories, I have my, you know, wishes and my crazy thoughts, but in reality, when it comes to playing a game, I'm not gonna be terribly disappointed if all that stuff doesn't come to fruition. But but if I wanna pick one thing out, not the overall one thing. One thing in particular that I will hold to a, a very high, a relatively high standard for Destiny Two is the story. I expect this story to be to be above average as far as its quality and as far as the fluidity of how it's weaved within the game. I expect that to be far above average because Absolutely. they're they're selling this hard, so mm-hmm. they're they're really they're setting the bar high. Because and I, I, I will be disappointed if it feels somewhat disjointed, like it didn't even at the end of Destiny One. It's still not perfect, but they did do a lot. They did do a lot with the Rise of Iron, and they did a much better job uh, with a Taken King starting there. So you know, it, it looks like they they figured it out how they want to do it with Destiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would expect. I, I really. I would expect. Uh, I expect to have the popcorn at the ready and have some fun with this.
0: Yeah. Rise of iron. I'll always compare, compare to basically the current season of game of thrones. Not going to give any spoilers away people, but basically this season of game of thrones has just been breakneck speed. Um, I call a raven. You get it five seconds later. You send the raven and you come back and like your time traveling, I'm like what, what just happened? Like how did they get here so fast? But yeah, just it, 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 like it's just move. It moves so quickly, and certain things kind of fell apart because of it. Especially the story with with Lord Saladin. Like I, I, everybody keeps going back to that. Wizard came from the moon, but the stupidest line that has ever popped up in Destiny One will always be the line uttered by Lord Saladin, where he was like, "That means they didn't figure it out yet." Like what we were talking about has nothing to do with what was just mentioned. Like, like he just had this weird look on his face.
3: I'm sorry. I'm trying to think, when did he say that line? Why am I? I'm stumped by this. So remember the mission where you go and you have to fight,
0: you eventually fight, fight the fallen Walker after destroying the three SIVA cannons. Oh, okay. Right. He, He brings you back. And the ghost asks a simple question is about um, or he he's, he starts talking about the history of um, the Iron Lords, where they came from and and why they were in the Plaguelands and they were looking for Siva. And then the ghost said something really simple about as as like so uh, something about there's no weakness or whatever. It's like they haven't figured it out yet. There's still time. Guardian, go work with Tyra see if you can figure something out. It's like, like it was really off-putting. I, I, I'll, I'm tempted to include a link in the in,
3: I'm in gonna, the show. Now and I'm stuff. gonna have to go see if I can go back to that cutscene or something like that. It, it was just,
0: it was really, really weird, and and it, it came off weird. And
3: it, I mean, we had, we had plenty of weird, bad dialogue all throughout Destiny 1. Yeah. I I sort of feel that the stuff from Vanilla Destiny was worse because you, know, you had a pretty darn good voice actor, not a, not a uh as well-known of a voice actor as Nolan North, but a, a well-known personality at the very least with Peter Dinklage and it's they edited I, people rip apart Dinklebot, but it's it, not Peter Dinklage. Remember, he's taking direction from people on how to do it. And also those lines are obviously chopped apart. The more I listened to old Dinklebot back in the day, the more I was like, this is like really poorly edited dialogue at times, (laughs) really poorly edited. Yeah. I mean, the
0: biggest flaw with vanilla destiny was the, the writing, but I, I think it was a product of the game, basically being pieced together from the remnants of what they had before, right? And
2: I that's mean,
3: I think people realize that, but they don't. They they don't talk about that as much. They it it definitely felt like that. That's what I was I guess sort of getting at. That poor editing was them chopping up all of the lines that he had read and recorded or whatever they were originally going to do. And then they couldn't do reshoots or be, um, Probably because, yeah. you know, you can't, you can only do so much. And they probably needed to stay within a budget at the time. Right. And having someone like that come back in to read, that's, you know, <laughs> that's, that gets expensive. So yeah, they edited up his lines and chopped them up. I and mean, there's even se- there's sentences that you can tell um it i can't go back and and, and you know, like point you guys to a recording or get a link um uh maybe i'll find a link of some of this dialogue to post in show notes but i i remember listening to lines realizing or thinking to myself it sounds like they literally took like half the sentence and pieced it together from other sentences like using words to like make a new sentence from other stuff because like the inflection it comes off and it's, yeah i mean that's what they had to do to get the game out and they've come a long way <laughs> that's for sure
0: mm-hmm. yeah i mean um like, like i said this is going to be the first game where or um, actual game i'm not talking about expansions or anything where we're going to they had a cook they have a cohesive story they put it together and they're going with it rather than piecing it together like not to take anything away from Taken King, but that was still an expansion. They still reused items. So that they basically made it fit with the pieces that they had. This is taking brand new pieces and putting it to use and and telling a new narrative and new story, new everything. So I'm gonna be excited to see what what this means for Destiny 2 and what this means for the future. I'm I'm really, really excited to see. To obviously, to play this game, but obviously to see how they they move forward narratively, and I hope that I hope that they don't in the future they take a, a mini lesson of Rise of Iron and not rush things out because to go from poor story with Vanilla Destiny, improved story but very short with. Dark Below and House of Wolves much vastly improved story but you're still using the same stuff with Taken King and then I have to say it very like a drop in in story quality with Rise of Iron it was just a t- it it was rushed together it it almost felt like it like they put it together like they did with Vanilla Destiny and they were so busy trying to make a new new place that they didn't focus on the story enough or make the story work well with the limits that you had that it concerns me not for for destiny 2 but i hope that they look at how they put out expansions or or in dlc's whatever you want to call them because we know we're going to get two dlc's but then we might then later on i'm talking about like fall of 2018 they're obviously going to have some sort of expansion based on history um that they don't rush the story like they did with um the rise of iron I want to see this game be strong narratively going forward, um, and not have those awkward moments. Um, so, another thing I want to bring up um, before we go to uh, messages from the reef is: last week was the last week for Destiny One for Trials of Osiris, and I kind of want to do a a, a little moment. And I'm, we're definitely going to get a little bit of a recording from David. That way he can put his thoughts on Trials of Osiris. Um, but I'm, I want to pass the floor over to you. Um, what are your memories of Trials of Osiris?
3: Well, the first memories I have of Trials is a lot of frustration because I was really, really bad at PvP when I first gave it a try. Um... I did the smart thing though, and I stopped playing trials for a bit and got better. Um, And I mean, I remember the first time I went to the Lighthouse, uh, thanks to uh, my buddy Cone. And uh, I think outside of going to the Lighthouse for the first time, which was fun because I actually got to play with those guys that were essentially carrying me, Mm. Um, so it wasn't like a full-on carry, even though you know I sucked on the last two or three matches. I think the, the the best memories I have of trials outside of that would be after that happened and I started to get um not just like a to be a decent PvP player, but when I had my moments to be a above average PvP player um at best. I was actually able to work with teams not guys carrying me and I think having the experience playing trials with two other people learning how to work with them and communicating properly uh, I I've said it before uh, I'll just say it again quickly I've came from the uh, action RPG genre of games and Destiny was really my first multiplayer game Um, first time I had played a first person shooter for a long time, so um yeah it was uh it was a really awesome experience. Trials gave me that experience uh for the first time of playing with other people um in a a setting where we had to communicate uh have strategy, and I really liked that um I know trials had a lot of shortcomings, a lot of people have a lot of criticism over it, but um you know it it gave destiny a taste of competitive play to some degree and i know that's a uh, a statement that can be argued pretty heavily but uh i appreciate it for what it was now and i am looking forward to seeing what they come up with if uh this supposed uh trials of, was it trials of the nine is mm-hmm. what we think,
2: think it's going to
0: yep
3: so if that it ends up being the new Trials of Osiris. I look forward to it um because I really enjoyed Destiny Two beta's PvP experience, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they have store for the in excuse me in store for the full game.
0: Yeah, I mean for me, um I've gone a couple times, but the most memorable one I'll ever have was there was a weekend where everything was going futsy. That that'll be my word. It was futsy and <laughs> the
2: ninth match, they
0: dropped out, like right at the beginning. So when we load in, it was just our three characters and nothing for them. And I'm like, we just went flawless.
2: <laughs> we That's loaded it way match. to go flawless. We loaded into the match, and we went flawless.
0: They didn't even message you? I mean, like I said, everything was futsy, so they may have gone flawless, and we went flawless as well, because Uh the game recognized that nobody was there, even though we connected. So (laughs) matchmaking was weird that weekend, but it was just funny to see that we went flawless because there was nobody there. Like I'll never forget it was me. I don't know if you uh know Pelish at all or or heard Pellish. Yeah, Pelish. I've talked to him before. Uh me, Pelish, and uh Michael Gardner, medium, medium rarely. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, we went that that was our flawless game, and I was just like, Oh goodness. That was <laughs> that was that was an interesting week. Um nice. but yeah, I I I appreciate the mode for what it brought to Destiny, which was a breath of fresh air, especially to PvP. Um, I don't think people took the PvP as seriously until that mode came in. So it, it brought a new way of looking at the game in terms of PvP. So I'll, I'll always appreciate it for that. It also exposed a lot of problems with the game's PvP. Oh, yeah. Um, especially with uh, exotics, um, everybody will remember the age of Thorn. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just it—it's definitely an interesting experience. Um, it's hard to to go back and say you had to be there, but you kind of did. Like the very first time that it was available, like it was a brand new exotic experience, and when you finally heard the stories of somebody going nine and zero um and they went to the lighthouse like like this was huge news this was on par of Zerus selling Gallahorn and every single website is reporting on it or Zerus selling Icebreaker then all of a sudden oh my gosh the, there's a new social space called the lighthouse and it is absolutely insane so it it introduced raid like I don't want to say mechanics, but a raid-like feel to PvP that was sorely needed in a game that almost felt like it ignored the PvP. Not by design, but it, it just did. Like the everybody you get knew the Destiny 4. The rewards were
3: nearly to the level of the raids.
0: Absolutely. But but like everybody knew Destiny for the raids and, and taking 10 hours to complete a raid and just dying thousands of times. And all of a sudden you have this thing where it's just, it's you against another team of actual players. You're not fighting Atheon. You're not fighting Crota. You're, you're pitted against one another. And it's, it's an interesting mode. And, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it evolves and expands with Trials of the Nine, if that's what they call it. So that's our thoughts on Trials of Osiris. So let's get a word in from David. David, what are your thoughts on Trials of Osiris coming
1: to an end? How's it going, everyone? It's David, one of your co-hosts for In Orbit. I'm sorry I could not be there this week or in the next few coming weeks. I'm doing a little bit of a traveling vacation before D2 comes out, but I will be back with the podcast as soon as D2 is here. Uh, this little segment that I'm doing is to commemorate uh, Trials of Osiris, something that just ended um, last weekend i believe is the final week and you know trials meant a lot to me and a lot of people in this community and it changed the way that this game was played in pvp so i think it's it's really important to look back on trials one with fondness and two um just to realize how much it did for destiny it, it really brought focus to destiny pvp in ways that weren't there before and it, it made it so um, the Destiny competitive community could grow because it gave people a competitive feel to this game, which really led to some of the developments of private matches and the competitive community that we see today within Destiny. And it is thanks to Trials uh, in part. Um, looking back on Trials, some of my personal favorite moments uh, were just helping all of you helping everybody to the lighthouse. Um, I didn't do it as much in the the third year. It's just third year, second year, whichever one it is. I, I didn't do as much in in helping you in in this year, just because to me the meta got stale. I stopped playing trials as much. We talked about it a lot on the show that uh, when the record book came out for Age of Triumph, like we really didn't have the desire to go back and play trials like we used to, and it's just because of um every team you play was a sweat fest and the meta was stale like i said so um i'm sorry i couldn't help out more people in the end but everybody who i did help like it was an awesome experience every time to run trials with new people trials with people who i played with every weekend trials with people in my clan like trials was really how i really committed to destiny i wasn't a huge year one player but as soon as trials dropped with house of wolves um I became a Destiny player, and that's what got me hooked into the game full on. That's what made it so by the time Taking King was over, I'd put over a thousand hours into the game, and um, it, it really changed Destiny for me and made Destiny much more of my life, and that's part of why I ended up on this show was um, the clan that I was in with Jorge and uh, running Trials with him a lot. So like, I, I think Trials to me has had a big impact, but I think as a whole, like everybody should Look at Trials fondly. Um, one of my favorite moments in Destiny came in Trials, and it was actually after Trials, because it was when I got my Gjallarhorn. And getting your Gjallarhorn, everybody from year one remembers it, and I got mine in House of Wolves. And to get the Gjallarhorn, like, I freaked out hardcore when I got gallhorn, so that was probably my favorite one single moment in, in trials was just from one of those reward packages. Cause for those of you who played it, not in the first year, but in the later years in the, in the original trials, um, you would get a reward package when you would get to three or five wins and then seven wins. It wasn't this guaranteed armor and weapon drop like they do now. It was just this rewards package. And you always had a chance to get an exotic from those. And that is where I got my Galahorn, So that was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, like I said, overall Trials has just had a huge impact on the game and these were just a few of my thoughts on it. Um obviously I could talk for hours on, you know, all the times I had in Trials, different Trials stories, um, cool moments and stuff, but that's not what you all want to hear. You just want a quick little tidbit and you know, I'm I'm glad to be able to just give my appreciation to Trials one last time with this little section of the show here. So, I hope y'all enjoy the show. Um, like I said, I'll be back in a few weeks and these next few weeks should be pretty awesome for the show. It's the lead up to, um, D2. We do have the PC beta coming out, which will be awesome to take part in. Um, I'm going to be making sure to get part of that. Just got a brand new gaming laptop that, uh, is powerful enough to play it so that while I'm traveling, I will still be able to play that destiny PC beta. Um, but I will be home to use it on my, uh, PC as well which will be awesome. I'm really looking forward to that 60 FPS. You know, don't want to talk about that since controversial subject, but looking forward to it. So, um, you all as always enjoy your week, have a good one. And thank you for listening to the show.
0: So with that, we got our messages from the reef. So this week in messages from the reef, we only have one question. One big question, and I'm going to pass the floor to you. Maverick Morales says, What are you hoping to get from the game
3: at launch? Uh, So I'm going to answer this as if he is referring to Destiny 2 as the game. Yes. Yes. So what am I expecting to get from the game at large? That's a really open-ended question. Um, Right? Yeah. Well, I'm expecting to get a great experience, a great Destiny experience. We've talked about story. I I I'm really expecting a great story, like I said earlier in the show. So, I'm expecting to I guess not get but uh finish uh, the PvE campaign of the game with a a sense of complete not com- I won't say completement, but I don't think that's a word. But uh, with with a sense that I, I've like come full circle through the game story. Um, I know there's going to be cliffhangers for expansions and stuff like that. But you know, I expect to have like a very um, uh, what's the word? Uh, you're in it. You're uh, God dang it, stupid words. Um, I expect to be invested in this story. You know i i want to be sucked in i expect that's why i expect to get out of the game an experience that sucks me in um reinvests me in the destiny universe because i haven't played destiny for weeks you know i i'm i'm one of those guys that was pretty consistent with playing destiny every week but the last several weeks outside of vacation even i haven't really played it i was thinking about maybe doing some pvp next week just you know for shits and giggles that's what i want to get that's why I, I want to get out of the game i want to get an experience that sucks me in and uh that that uh causes me to reinvest without without even thinking about it i just want to be sucked back in so bad right um, mm-hmm. you
0: i mean i guess for me the, the the big thing is it's nice to get story it's nice to get everything that we've been asking for my biggest thing is I want this game to be fun um no, it sounds weird, weird. what what <laughs> you play
3: video games to have fun
0: yeah I, I i mean i I think people are focusing too much on the small things and not enough on what really matters, and that is that the game be fun um so that that's what I'm hoping and I hope to see in the future um just a game that is fun. One that brings people together like Destiny One did. It's gonna be hard to replicate that magic. I know it is, but yeah, is that's the big thing. I just want a game to be fun,
2: plain and simple. That sounds um, good to me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's hard to to really state you know everything that is absolutely needed, but. I uh, I I just think this is it's really important. So um, with that, I also want to bring up our streamer of the week, and this week's streamer calls himself the Below Average Guardian. <laughs> he goes by the handle awesome. ENFDL. I'm sure you know who he is.
3: <laughs> I. He 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 goes by a lot of different names, but yes, Infidel.
0: Infidel,
3: yes. I had the pleasure I, I, of hanging out with Infidel at Guardian Con this year, and he is a he he's not just a fantastic streamer, but he is a fantastic gentleman and a Marine as well. Oorah. You can catch him on twitch.tv slash enfdl,
0: infidel. Um, and he's on Twitter at ENFDL29. So make sure you guys give him a shout-out over there. Um, send, let him know that InOrbit sent you. And if you guys have anybody that you want to nominate for Streamer of the Week, send us an email, inorbitpodcast at gmail.com, or send us a tweet on t- www.twitter.com slash Podcast. And with that... I'd say we are done for the week. What about you? Any
3: final thoughts? Um, Well, we had some articles um, that I wanted to bring up uh, that were of note. Sure. Um, They were... Let me uh, bring them up real quick. Sorry, I uh, lost my place. Uh, But they were in regards to Destiny 2 stuff. And they were... uh, posted on Gamerant.com. and there's one in regards to destiny 2 weapon systems exotic ability details and another one that is posted in regards to um the uh campaign story missions the uh, number of them the length of them which we touched on during the podcast but i would urge everyone to read those two those are the those are fairly recent i think in the last I, think, I can't remember if they're posted today or yesterday, but give those a read. They're short, and it'll keep your brain turning on uh, the developments that we're getting over time with Destiny 2. So uh, We'll yeah, post those in the show notes, links to them.
0: Yeah, we, we'll definitely include them in the show notes. I know we ta- we touched on them last week a little bit about how basically um, the game is all about combinations. The best example yes. that that we can that we can give is um, the hunter blink strike. Your blink sight re- refills your roll. You roll, and you get your melee back. And then you can just repeat that. And another example is the warlock one, where your any kills in mid air will recharge your grenade faster. And then there's an ability right. that um, that does the same thing back combined with the exotic all of a sudden you kill 5 enemies in PvE, you got your grenade back and you're throwing it out and then you repeat the process. So it's it, it the game is all about combinations and it's going to be interesting to see that um in the future. We'll definitely include that in the show notes, but um yes, it I'm I'm excited to see how the combinations go. Yeah. All right. And with that, this episode is over. <laughs> So, Jordan, why don't you go ahead and close this bad boy up?
3: Sure thing, man. Hey, guys. We thank you for listening to In Orbit. Just so you know, we are available on a ton of platforms, so make sure you are spreading the word. The best way to do so is to share In Orbit with others. We are on, ready? iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Overcast for iOS, Downcast for iOS, and Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm. <gasps> Pocket Cast, YouTube, and we have an RSS feed. Links are available for each platform right on the Mash Those Buttons website at www.mashthosebuttons.com. And make sure to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming this week on Mash Those Buttons. Also, make sure to check out the other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network at mashthosebuttons.com forward slash shows to see all of our podcasts. And... For any questions regarding scheduling, check mashthosebuttons.com forward slash schedule for scheduling details.
0: You can check us out on twitter.com slash mtbsite, twitter.com slash inorbitpodcast, facebook.com slash mashthosebuttons, youtube.com slash mashthosebuttons. You can also check us out on Discord. Um, We'll definitely be including the... um, the link to our Discord channel. This is the mash those buttons Discord link. And in our show notes, but let me go ahead and read it off now. Um, It is gonna be discord.gg forward slash two, capital Q, lowercase E, capital W, capital E. As I mentioned, we're gonna be including this in the show notes. So make sure that you guys check that out so that you guys can join us there. Get involved in the conversation, and you know, have some fun with us. Uh, Jordan, you with the face. Where can people find? Where can people
3: find you at? Right now, I'm sitting in my chair talking to you. Okay,
0: cool. Anyway, jackass. Um, (laughs) no, Um, (laughs) I know what you mean.
3: So you can catch uh, me streaming on Twitch at www.twitch.tv forward slash I-M-T-Bot and that's spelled I-A-M as in Mary, T-E-E-B-O-T
0: And as always, you can find me on all the different social networking sites and gaming platforms via my screen name, go N R G that's G-O, the number two, N-R-G As I mentioned, make sure you contact us with any questions to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at twitter.com slash inorbitpodcast My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls, points and directs, shapes and forms. I may not enjoy everything that lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue, and what is in my future is my destiny. On behalf of the entire in-orbit team, David, Jordan, Jared, and myself, we want to thank you for listening to our show, and as always, we'll see you on the next mission. Your Destiny Calls.